eight years, Brian, since I've been here. Eight years in October. Time flies. And if there's somebody who is thankful for the opportunity to serve in this congregation is my wife Carolina and myself. Being able to share with a church family. That's what we are. We are a family. And yes, we are going through different situations at different times. And, and many times the only thing we can do for each other is to pray. But praise the Lord that we can do that for each other. Amen? And at other times we can share meals with each other. I know the Cook family did something beautiful this Thursday for, or this Wednesday. Um, Tiffany, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing a meal with many of our church members here and in, in our community. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that is what it is about. It's about sharing what we have with others. Amen? And I believe that is what the Sabbath is also about. It's a day to be grateful. I want to invite you to pray with me as we begin this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we look at Scripture. We look at this Day, the Sabbath day. And we try to wrap our minds around this concept of taking time. Time out of our busy schedules. Time out of work, school. So that we can spend time with you. And this is why we're here. Yes, we're here to worship together. Yes, we're here to to study your word. Yes, we're here to pray with each other and for each other. But we are here because we want to know you. And we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this gift, the gift of the Sabbath. And as we share this time together, we ask your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Jeff and myself, we've been doing a series on some of the distinctive teachings of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, fundamental teachings of Scripture, the Bible. And today I thought of connecting the Sabbath with Thanksgiving. Amen? If there's something that we should be doing every week when we come together, is to thank God for the many, many blessings He has given us for the way he has led, for the way he has protected. And also for the way he has been able to encourage us. Even in the midst of our difficulties, even in the midst of our pain, he has sent people a card, a phone call, our way, so that we know that we are not by ourselves. And so today I want to share with you some of the things you already know. But before I share some of the scripture that talks about the Sabbath and in the context in which it talks about, when I was in school, I had the opportunity to go to an Orthodox synagogue, a Jewish Orthodox synagogue. 
And in this Jewish Orthodox synagogue, I had the opportunity to spend time with the family. They said, we'll take you to our synagogue and you are going to spend some time on Friday night with us and you're going to see how we keep the Sabbath. And as I got there on a Friday evening, I, I had a opportunity to see how they were preparing. They had everything ready. The table was set. They had this bread that they were going to partake of. They had some grape juice. For a little bit, I thought we were going to have communion that Friday night. But they said, this is how we begin the Sabbath. We begin with bread, with um, grape juice. And as the sun went down, I noticed that some of the lights were left on. And specifically in, in places where they knew they would probably have to go in the evening. And I started to learn that Orthodox Jews, they live very close to their synagogue because they're only allowed to walk a certain distance. And if they go too many steps, they're breaking the Sabbath. I learned that evening that, that you can't turn off lights or turn them on because that is breaking the Sabbath. I went to the synagogue and I saw how everybody, nobody was carrying a Bible or a hymnal, no, no type of literature because that is also breaking the Sabbath. So I asked him, how are you going to take your keys to the synagogue? He said, oh, that's easy. I put him on my belt. I'm not carrying it. I have it strapped around my belt, and that way I don't break the Sabbath. You can't turn faucets on or off, because that is breaking the Sabbath. And so I said, how do you wash your hands before a meal? Well, we have this already prepared they had a jar with water where they could pour it on their left hand, on their right hand. That way they would wash their hands before a meal. Something that caught my attention was in the synagogue when everybody was there. I heard a father telling his son why they could not write a letter that day. And the father basically just said, it's because it is the Sabbath. And at the end of the day, um, while they were um, getting ready to um, start a new week, they were waiting. What they do is they go outside of the synagogue, they look up in the sky, and the first star that appears in the sky, that means the sun has completely gone down, and it's time to start the week. And I was thinking, wow, this is such a special event. Everybody's here together, waiting, and the men were looking up. And at the end, as they saw the star appear, I saw a lot of them take out their lighters because it was time to light up their cigarette. They had waited 24 hours. They couldn't do that. That would have broken the Sabbath. The Sabbath is important, isn't it, brothers and sisters? But I believe Jesus came to show us how to keep the Sabbath. What it truly means to keep the Sabbath. And I see in Scripture, and you're going to go with me if you can, if you have a Bible, to some of the passages that we find in Scripture. 
And the Sabbath, as many of us know, it's found already in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. And I'm just going to read there in verses 1 and 2. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. It was in the context of creation that God set one day aside He blessed it, he sanctified it, and he rested on this day. Amen? We could say that the Sabbath has something to do with creation, something to do with the creator. He set us an example of what to do. We find also in the book of Exodus, Um, that the Sabbath is given in the context of providence. Many of you know what story is found there. As the Israelites were going through the desert, what did God send from heaven? Manna. What is it? That's what manna means in Hebrew. Manna. What is it? It was bread from heaven. And if we go to Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4, we find out that God gave Moses specific instructions about how to pick this bread. Verse 4 tells us, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Verse 5, And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. What was the reason that they gathered twice as much on Friday than any other day of the week? So on the Sabbath day, there was no manna, no work to be done. So God prepared a double portion on Friday. They could prepare that for the next day, and it would not go bad. Amen? And again, A story that reminds us that it is God who provides for all of our needs. It is God who gives us life, brothers and sisters. It is God who gives us the opportunity to receive blessings and to share blessings with others. And I believe that for Thanksgiving, what is it that we do as as families? We count our blessings. We give thanks to God for the things he has given us. And again, the Sabbath is that opportunity to remind us where all good things come from, and they come from above. The Sabbath is also found in the context of relationships. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12 and 20, we find God telling his people, the Sabbath will be a sign between you and me. Yes, a text that we all know. And the reason is that God wants us to know him. Yes, God wants us to have a relationship with him. 
And he said, I'm going to set this day apart so that you may know me. I'm going to ask you a question. Especially for those who are married or those who are getting or making plans to get married. Okay? For those who are married or those who are planning to get married. Is time of importance or of essence in any relationship? Yes? Can we just say to our spouse or to girlfriend or boyfriend, um, you know, one hour a week, that should, be, that should suffice for us to get to know each other. Would that work? Um, well, let's say... Eight hours a week, that should suffice to get to know someone. Would that be the case, brothers and sisters? When my sister was dating Hugo, her husband, I thought her ear was going to fall off that phone. She was on the phone easily four, five. I'm not exaggerating. Hours a day. I have no idea how Hugo did that. My ear would not be able to take it. But they made sure they spent time. And again, the Bible is a reminder that time is important for relationships, especially our relationship with God. The Sabbath is also found in the context of worship. And this is a text that we all know well, Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Revelation chapter 14. And we'll find there verse 6 and 7. Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. It says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. This is good news for all people. Amen. This is a message for all nations, all tribes, all tongues, all people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Worship who? The one who made the heavens and the earth. This is almost a direct quote from Exodus chapter 20, where we find the Sabbath incorporated in the Ten Commandments and also in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5. So we find that the Sabbath has to do with worship. And it's an opportunity for us to come together as a church. You know, It's beautiful to worship God. It's nice to sing songs. It's nice to pray. It's nice to have a meal. Amen? But it's nicer when you're doing it with other people. Amen? That idea of coming together, having a meal together, praying together, singing together, corporate worship. The Sabbath is an opportunity for us to come. 
I wouldn't know many of you today if it weren't for the Sabbath. And many of you would not know who I am if it weren't for the Sabbath. This is where we've come to know each other. In this context, the Sabbath, time to worship God and and, and bring our praises together. The Sabbath is also found in Scripture in the context of redemption. And I'm going to go to the text there found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. And then we'll go to Deuteronomy in a little bit, but we'll go first to Exodus chapter 20. Verse 8, where God tells Moses, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. To whom belongs the Sabbath, brothers and sisters? It belongs to God, the Lord. In it, you shall not work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the, seven, the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. Again, the creation is mentioned. The creator is mentioned. He is the one we come to worship. He is the one we come to give our praise. If we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5, same commandment found in verse 12. And it says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As the Lord your God commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Verse 15. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to do what? To keep the Sabbath. We might say, well, I was never in Egypt. I was never bound As a slave. But brothers and sisters. Have we been freed. From the bondage of sin. Has Jesus Christ. Delivered you and me. From the ties of death. Wasn't Jesus. Doing something very special. Before the day of Sabbath. On preparation day. What did Jesus do? He 
He finished the work that He had come to do to save you and me. How did He finish it, brothers and sisters? He finished it by dying on the cross. He finished the work by giving His life for you and for me. And then He rested. Amen? He rested on the Sabbath day. But on the first day of the week, what did he do? He rose up again. Amen? And because he is risen, because he is alive, you and I have the opportunity of one day living for all of eternity. Amen? The plan of redemption. Jesus, the creator of the universe, finished his work on the sixth day, rested on the seventh day, and delivered us from the bondage of sin. On Thursday, we all came together to say how grateful we are. Amen? And I believe that the Sabbath day is a day to be grateful, a day to give thanks and giving. Is it always easy to do that? No. Have many of us gone through a probably rough week this week? Yes. Difficult week? Yes. But praise the Lord, we can come to this day and find rest. Amen. And that is the rest that only Jesus can give each one of us. He says, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, yes, and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am meek and Because my load is what? Is light. Growing up, the Sabbath was for um, my family a special day. I'm thankful today because my father is here. He's visiting from Chico, California. My mom was here too, but she went to visit her mother, who is in West Palm Beach, Florida, on Thursday. So she got to spend um, Thanksgiving with her mother, my grandmother of 90 years old. And I'm grateful for that. But but growing up, um, Sabbath was a special day. So on Friday, we would prepare. That meant mom did most of the cooking. Dad and myself, we did most of the watching. But we all helped. We all had our part to do. It was cleaning the house, washing the car, getting our clothes ready for the next day. And we did this week after week after week. As a kid, for me, the most delightful part was 
what happened after the service. Amen? When we all got home, we had a beautiful meal waiting for us. Amen? And sometimes we had guests. And that was even more exciting if we had people over because they could share their stories. They could share their experiences. We could learn from what they had experienced. It was a time to share our blessings. As I was preparing for for this um, sermon, I went to a Bible text found in Leviticus chapter 23, I believe. Leviticus chapter 23. There's several passages in Scripture that talk about the Sabbath. And in Leviticus chapter 23, we find the feasts of the Lord. We find the Passover and the unleavened bread. We find the feast of fruits, of first fruits. We find the feast of weeks. We find the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, the feast of tabernacles. And most of these feasts had a component called a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And this happened every year. Every year, the Passover came. Every year, the feast of first fruits came. Every year, the feast of weeks came. Every year, the feast of trumpets came. And every sacrifice that was given in the sanctuary was always accompanied with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Praise the Lord that we in America celebrate Thanksgiving once a year. Amen? That's beautiful. Not every country has the opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving like we do. We can see that in Israel, they celebrated over and over throughout the year the blessings received from God. But if we go to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1, let's see how it begins. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Verse 3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So beside these annual feasts where people gather together to praise God, to give him honor and glory, the Sabbath, one day out of the week, was set apart so that we could thank God. For the blessings received. We don't have to wait until Thanksgiving. We don't have to wait until our birthday comes around. We don't have to wait for an anniversary to thank God. We can thank God every Sabbath. Amen? And Jesus came to share that with us. When we look at the New Testament, we find that Jesus did several things that got him into trouble. Yes? 
In fact, the Pharisees, the Sadducees were saying, you are breaking the Sabbath. What was Jesus doing on the Sabbath day? Miracles of healing. The Sabbath is a day of healing. It's an opportunity for us to share good news with our community that is broken. Amen? It's an opportunity for us to encourage others who are hurting. It's an opportunity for us to find the wounded and help those who are struggling. And Jesus took the time to heal them. There was a man at the pool of Bethesda. How many years was he waiting for someone to heal him? 38 years. There was a woman who had a flow of blood. How many years was she waiting to be healed? 12 years. There was a man in the synagogue while Jesus was speaking and preaching, and his hand was withered. How many years had he been with that withered hand? We don't know. But Jesus healed him. He healed him on the Sabbath day. As I looked at these passages, I was looking for, for, for some verse that said, and they were grateful. But I didn't find it. In fact, where I found it was with the ten lepers. Yes, one of them, the Samaritan one, was thankful, and he came back. And the other place I found gratefulness and thankfulness was with the blind man at Jericho. He was healed, and it says that he worshiped God, he praised God at that moment. But I ask you the question, brothers and sisters, do you think these people who were healed on the Sabbath day were grateful? They were grateful. Not just because of the physical healing they had received, but also because their sins had been forgiven. Amen? They had a change of heart and mind that they had never experienced before. Is that something we can experience today too? It's something we can experience today too. I share this quote from Review and Herald, November 10, 1896. Gratitude deepens as we give it expression. And the joy it brings is life to soul and body. Could it be that we take each other sometimes for granted? Could it be that we take the food that we have our table sometimes for granted? Could it be that we take our home, our work sometimes for granted? It seems like everybody's so busy that we don't have time to even say, hi, nice to see you, Carmona family. Nice to see you, Youngberg family. Nice to see you, Cook family. 
Nice to see you, Atchison family. Nice to see you back, Tom. We can't take each other for granted. There should be gratitude in our hearts. Amen? Amen. To see each other. To say hello to each other. To love one another. I believe that's what the Sabbath is all about. It's coming with an attitude of gratitude. Hi, Betty. Betty Hedricks and Dwayne. Praise the Lord, you're here. Even in a wheelchair. Amen? You made it. Praise the Lord. Gordon, we're happy to see you here today. Praise the Lord. And we're praying, praying for your family. When we come to church, it should be something special, amen? It should be like the best day of the week. It should be like the time where we can just come and, 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 and share with each other. Yes, and Israel, thank you for coming with your family. We are happy to have you here today. Troubles may invade, but these are the lot of humanity. Let patience, gratitude, and love keep sunshine in the heart through the day, though the day, I'm sorry, may be ever so cloudy. Let patience, gratitude, and love. And I'll be the first to say it's not easy. I'll be the first to say that. Praise God that he's promised us his Holy Spirit. Amen? And patience is one of those fruits. Love is one of those fruits. And yes, gratitude is one of those fruits. Many long intensely for friendly sympathy. We should be self-forgetful, ever looking out for opportunities, even in little things, to show gratitude for the favors we have received of others and watching for opportunities to cheer others and lighten and relieve their sorrows and burdens by acts of tender kindness and little deeds of love. It doesn't have to be big deeds. It can be little deeds. These thoughtful courtesies that commencing in our families, where does it start, brothers and sisters? It starts at home, in our families. Extend outside the family circle. Help make up the sum of life's happiness And the neglect of these little things make up the sum of life's bitterness and sorrow. Have any of you heard the name of Herbert Blomstedt? One person here, maybe two. Herbert Blomstedt, three. Um, he's from Sweden, but he's also the conductor laureate of the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. He's also a Seventh-day Adventist. 
is a Sabbath keeper who honors the fourth commandment to retain from secular labor from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Can someone be successful and keep the Sabbath? Until now, the world is finding out of this man by the name of Desmond Doss. Yes? Someone who also believed in keeping the Sabbath. And maybe you know a list of other names of people who've been a witness of the blessings they have received because of what God has said in his word. Does God want the best for us, brothers and sisters? Does he want to bless you? Does he want to bless me? He does. And he said, if you follow my ways, if you follow my statutes, if you follow my commandments, I will bless you above anything you could ever imagine. I will bless you. There are four questions I would like to leave you with and an answer to. In regards to keeping the Sabbath, do my activities safeguard my relationship with God? Is that an important question? Do my activities on the Sabbath day, do they safeguard my relationship with God? The Sabbath protects our friendship with the Creator. When the Lord says, remember the Sabbath day, we are in fact to remember Him. Amen. Second question, am I ceasing from secular labor on God's rest day? Important question. Working for profit or pleasure on the Sabbath is self-focused, not God-honoring. We should set aside our occupations and give this time to healthful rest, worship, and unselfish deeds. Question number three. Will I place myself where I can more clearly hear God's voice? Is that what the Sabbath is all about? Sometimes he speaks to us in a loud voice. Amen? It's loud and clear. But sometimes he whispers. And with all the busyness of the week, it's hard to hear. But praise the Lord for a 24-hour period where we can what? Listen. Listen to God's voice. While we should seek to listen to the Lord every day, the Sabbath is a special time. Attending church, fellowshipping with other believers, spending time in nature, and participating in spiritually uplifting events will draw us closer to Jesus. And lastly, sorry about that. Are my activities reflecting how Christ kept the Sabbath? Praise the Lord that God came to show us how to keep the Sabbath. Amen? He, he, he said, boy, human beings are going to get it all wrong. So let me go and show them how. Jesus was not inactive on the seventh day. In fact, there are many instances in which the Savior 
relieved suffering of others. Sabbath can be a day to visit the sick, the lonely, and the imprisoned. Are there many things we can do on the Sabbath day? There are many things. And praise God that we have time to spend with family too. Amen? I know a lot of our students are back from school. Spend good time with your parents. Talk to them. I'm 43 years old, but guess what? I still like to spend time with my dad. Amen? It's all right. Sabbath day is this time to spend time with family. Spend time with friends. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy it. Make it a delight. Amen? That's what the Bible tells us to do. Make it enjoyable. And above all, make it a day of thanksgiving. A day to be grateful. Because praise God, we have an amazing God. And that amazing God is coming soon, brothers and sisters. And that amazing God can do miracles. Amen? Amen. And that is the God I and you have the privilege of worshiping today. Praise God that he set a day aside so that we can worship him and experience the many blessings he has prepared for each one of us. Amen.